Hey everybody, this is Jennifer Way, and you are listening to the Self-Consciousness Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode is really a special one. I brought on an old friend. Um, this is Dave Nadelberg. He is the creator and producer of Mortified. Uh, if you don't know what Mortified is, uh, you've got to look it up. It's hysterical. Um, and he also is a podcast host of numerous podcasts, um, as well as a documentary creator and so many other projects. Um, it was such a pleasure having him on the show. Uh, I hope that you find it as entertaining as we did. Um, so you can, uh, yeah, tune right in, join me and Dupree. I'll see you inside. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Self-Consciousness Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. His name is Dave Nadelberg, and he is the creator of Mortified. Woo! We also have Dupree here with us today. Hey so, Dave. Hi. Dave Nadelberg. Hi. Hi. So, please introduce yourself and give us a little bit of a background. Sure. Uh. So, uh, 17 years ago, I started something like that. I started a project, assuming, assuming this is what you want to hear about. Um, I started a project called mortified, uh, which is a project where adults either get on stages all around the world. This is back when stages, uh, were a thing people were allowed to get on, um, cause we were recording this still during the pandemic. Um, but, uh, people got on stage and they shared their most embarrassing childhood writings with total strangers. So basically, uh, people read their diaries from when they were 14, song lyrics that they wrote when they were 15, and they thought they were geniuses. They thought they were the next great Grammy winner. Uh, stories they wrote when they were 10, that kind of thing. That's what we do at Mortified. And we have a podcast and we have a whole bunch of other things uh, that we do. Uh, but now I do other things beyond Mortified, but that's that's the main thing anybody, uh, <laughs> if, if they know me, that's what they know me for. But I also make a show for for kids and we have a game called I can't believe I did that yes oh that's it's so awesome um well here's a fun fact Dupree and I our first like friend date was to go see Mortified in Brooklyn yes. oh and it was Littlefield? awesome yes at Littlefield that's I, that's a great friend date it was awesome yeah it was awesome it was a great show um I had never attended anything like it before uh, and I've just been fascinated ever since so it's awesome what you're doing. I'm so flattered to be here, and I'm so flattered that you guys went. And um, we're very sad that 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 venue in New York, Littlefield, has you know had a rough year uh, in the pandemic. But um, but it's a it's a really magical place, and they have a lot of great comedy and storytelling at, at that space. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really cool. I've never I had never been there before. Um, but yeah, I mean, like all that stuff is closing down, so you've also you've also done a there's a documentary as well isn't there yes uh so i have sorry i'm, I'm just trying to reposition this that's okay go. reposition um yeah so we made a movie in 2011 or 13 one of the two 2013 i mean 2013, 2013, 2013 that's right i'm li literally reading your bio uh called yeah. mortified nation yes. um a darker haired me is in it um, and then, uh, then we made a mini series called Mortified Guide, both of which used to be on Netflix until like a few days ago. And they, they did not, um, we are no stranger things, I guess. So we, <laughs> we're on Netflix for a long time and now we are homeless. So I guess if you want to watch it, you could find it on iTunes rentals or Amazon rentals, but I think it may find a home on another streaming platform at some point. That would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, how did, did did Netflix notify you like, hey, you're off now, or do they do you just find out because? Yeah, basically, the way those kind of things work is they'll they pay you. We, we would like to license your thing for X amount of years, whether it's exclusive or whether it can be non exclusive. So you could also be on Hulu or Amazon or other things. Um, and so we were exclusively on Netflix for for many years, and then you know, that ended. So, um, so now, um, but, but we'll see, 
we'll see if we wind yeah. up in a new home at some point. Well, it's great so people, content. So people like Mortified and they want to enjoy it. I, I, I encourage them to listen to the Mortified podcast because that is free and there are 200 episodes. So it's a lot more hours than, than whatever we had on Netflix was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm, Jen, I'm sure we'll make sure to put some links in the uh, Absolutely. description. Yes, of course, because people probably know you more than they know us. So, so hence, I, hence why you're a special guest. <laughs> I, well, I want to know, because what I know of your podcast um, is like when you post, because I've not, I, I like, I want to know what made you think bring a person who who's is associated with, I guess, comedy or storytelling onto your show. Yeah. I was very flattered. I was like, huh, I like that. She thought of me for this, but I don't know why she thought of me for this. I have theories. You have theories. Yeah. Well, so let me preface this for everyone who's listening. I, I know Dave, I've known Dave for, hmm, do we want to go into this? Since college, since, since we college, young whippersnappers. Yes. Um, so Dave and I went to college together. So we've known each other since then. Um, uh, shout out Ithaca college. And, um, you know, this, this podcast, obviously, uh, I'm a spirituality person. Dupree is like, okay, come along <laughs> for the ride. Yeah, and definitely. the reason it's a self-consciousness podcast is because obviously there's, there's this thing about being more conscious, being more awake, being more aware um, in terms of, you know, everything that's all the trendy hashtag things that we hear about and see. But there is also this aspect of being like a totally self-conscious person, um, feeling insecurity and this kind of being our first foray into the world of just really being more exposed for, for me and Dupree. Like we We've been talking about doing a podcast for so long. So the reason why I wanted to talk to you about it is because, I mean, what you do is essentially um, you, hmm, you, I use the word excavate all the time. You're, you're mm -hmm. excavating uh, these gems, these treasures of parts of people that, you know, the work that I do is going back to those moments. It's like going back to those memories, digging into your emotions. When were you first embarrassed about this or recognizing those parts of yourself? And here you're celebrating it and it's funny. And comedy is a huge part of, of my sort of lineage of spirituality because I personally believe it, it's, gotta, it's gotta hit in a certain yeah. way that's not so serious because we take it so seriously and it's and to me spirituality is very personal and it's a you know you've got a like if you've got dark spirits hanging on to you you're like you've got to like joke you know you got to like make fun of them and stuff to get rid of them yeah i i like that you first of all i like that you say excavate in your work because I, I i refer a lot to with what i do with mortified and other forms of storytelling as in archaeological terms as well <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, just as archaeologists dust off a vase from ancient Greece or ancient wherever, and they dust it off and they look at the object and they go, oh, there are stories in here. Here's how people lived. Here's how they worshipped. Here, here, based on what's drawn on here, I can tell that they must have sang songs about whatever. And so it's, it's amazing. Um, that you can get stories from objects uh, that are seemingly unimportant. And that's what I do with diaries. And that's what I do with poems and song lyrics that you wrote when you were 14. Yeah. And, um, and I try to do that with other objects and, and just sort of, I like the idea that the insignificant, the seemingly insignificant things in our life have a lot more meaning. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna and turn on a light, sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. There is another thing. Um, so there is another thing that you did mention briefly to me about, uh, and and I, if it's okay with you, I'd love to play a clip <laughs> once I can edit it. Sure. Your um, the new episode where you have meditations. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is perfect. This is amazing. Can you describe it, please? So we recently did an episode of the Mortified Podcast called Mortified Meditations. Um, I think it was like episode 204, 205, somewhere around there. 
Um, but it's, um, yeah, the idea was, um, you know, reading, calmly reading. It, it's meditation in a very loose sense, but it's me calmly reading <laughs> people's diaries from across decades and generations, such as Dear Diary, January 1st, 1996. I really like Brian. He is so, 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 so cute. And it goes, <laughs> and so I'm just like reading aloud. So it's, if you remember Saturday Night Live's Deep Thoughts, it's yeah. kind of like yeah. with diaries. Oh God. <laughs> so it's just like me reading aloud, just isolated entries that you, you don't, I don't tell you who the people are. I don't yeah. give you any context. And it and then we put like, you know, beautiful, like spiritual, uh, holistic music <laughs> like in the background. Birds chirping. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it was very, it actually was really comforting. And the reason we did it was because it was the, the Capitol insurrection was happening a oh. week, the week that we were making an episode. We were like, I do not want to work on anything. I just like, I don't. And we said, well, what, what could we do? Something healing, something calming. And so we released that episode. We made that episode pretty much the day of the insurrection, like the world's falling apart. <laughs> And, the, you know, and so we, I'm like recording, like, just stay calm. Everything's okay. So, I wore my Bon Jovi t-shirt. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it was really fun getting to make that. So we, we might awesome. do more of those. Although we got angry, an angry letter recently from somebody who said, it's not really meditation. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Like, first of all, you're wrong. <laughs> meditation is a broad term, yes. but um, I find this, this taps into a thing that you, you mentioned something about comedy and I have a big thing with, I'm, I'm, I am tangentially in the holistic community um, in like as a participant and I occasionally do breath work and as a facilitator. And yeah. I have found that the holistic community in general takes itself way too seriously totally. um, that uh, humor is a huge part of who we are as humans and the holistic community is not holistic because they are only, they too often just sound like cartoons of what I think a yoga person is supposed <laughs> to sound like. <laughs> and it really upsets me because that is not holistic. I 1000% um, agree no. with that. Yeah. It's uh, they give us a bad name. It's just, and I, I, you know, I've, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll go to like a meditation class or something and I'll be like, you know, my name is Sky and I'm not like other meditation teachers. I'm more like rock and roll. And then, but they won't be, they won't be like funny or they won't, they, they're, they're still using this voice that is, feels contrived to me. It feels like imit imitation. Yeah. And I just want you, like, you can talk in a calming voice. That makes yeah. sense. You should, but. Anyway, I mean, it's um, it's inauthentic at, at the base. It's fundamentally inauthentic and and performative and not to say that comedy is not performative. But but the thing about comedy is most people who engage in comedy are deeply wounded. <laughs> so it's like yeah. there's this yeah. there's this grasp of reality and this understanding of the both sides of reality, because not only do you have the power to kind of I don't want to say master the dark side or, or uh, be very in touch with your shadow and all the shit that comes along with it. But you also have the experience of kind of, wow, that's a spotlight. But you also have this experience of kind of integrating it with this, with this lightness where you can find, you can, you sort of pluck, you pluck out the places where you can bump up a vibration. For me, there's almost how I kind of imagine it between like a lower vibration and a higher vibration. You've got that, that fine line between like light and dark, I guess we can say. And for me, comedy is right on that line because it balances both in a way, because you're basically taking the dark and you're, you're transmuting is another big word that people use. Ooh, I like that word. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's I don't know that word. I, you yeah. educate me. Uh, you alchemize, yeah. you transmute. Oh, okay, okay. So transmuting is, they use the word transmutation. I should fucking look it up because I'm bad at words. Um, I say a lot of them, but I don't really, I'm a very poor vocabulary. Transmuting is is kind of like you're, you're taking a darkness or a dark experience. You're almost digesting it in a way. And then what comes out and you're, you're converting it into something to bring to the light. So you're, 
your oh fuck it let me just look it up <laughs> because so are, you, are you saying like the okay so the pain you're transmuting that and with comedy to to be something that brings joy to people Is that what yes okay. absolutely thank you thank you Dupree. it's <laughs> it's like um so transmute literally means change in form nature or substance uh alchemical transmutation they use those words a lot in in the spiritual fields um because that's what the ascended masters did that's that was that was an ability that they had and that's an ability that like all humans have we've just stuffed it down and forgotten about it um so so in my perspective humor is the quickest way to go from shadow to light so i feel like it's the quickest way to kind of um get a jolt of your vibration especially if you're in like a, a deep dark place um and if you if you find yourself able to laugh you're releasing energy in a way that um can it's sort of like a quick like shove into the light and then you can it's up to you to kind of stay there mm -hmm. but comedy has the power to really like lift you in that way and you know laughter is medicine for a reason so it, it yeah. really is energy release and it's you know um i i i find it is it is just like if if there are we got invited to do the Wanderlust Festival a couple of years ago. Do you know what Wanderlust Festivals are? No it's, idea. I think it's like yoga. Sounds horrible. And Sounds healers. like there's a lot of bohemian hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's music. It's 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 music and and food and and spiritual stuff. And um, they had never really done anything comedic. And we're not mortified. It's not exactly a comedy show. It's more of a storytelling show that's funny, but it's also yeah. poignant and all these other things. But it just it just shocked me. I was like, I went around to the different tents and I was like, no one here is using comedy. Like maybe they'll be like funny once in a blue moon, but I was like, there's really, and I feel like that's a real missed opportunity. And so whenever I see people who are kind of sarcastic and fun in the in the healing or holistic community, I like to encourage it and, and call it out because it's great. I, uh, yeah, I, there is uh do you know who jessa reed is no jessa reed is a comic that now deals only in like metaphysical stuff so she's got a podcast that does that and like duncan trussell do you know who that is no he i'm also not really in the stand-up world but that's okay i mean like yeah. they they are so they're comedians that are also going into this sort of podcasting realm of of kind of yeah. deeper spiritual um concepts it's it's pretty interesting so it's just du about development self-development dupree are you also uh, uh in the healing world i am not i am uh uh i'm spiritual and i'm really good friends with jen so she's been, <laughs> <laughs> she's been introducing me Converting to him yeah just you know I'm, I'm i'm along for the ride learning about it you know a lot of it uh, a lot of what she believes um, just meshed with what I believe. So that's why we've been hmm. friends for all these years. It's just, you know, we have different names for different things. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of like on the outside. Sort of, sort of. Sure. But Dupree is actually, well, I'm going to just say, I mean, Dupree is actually, he's working on being a voiceover artist. So that's kind of where he's going. Yeah, that's my Parsh idea. Partially. Well, I'm just starting, I'm just starting off. Uh, you know, trying to figure out uh, how how do I get out of the corporate world, but uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah, that's how we that's how we know each other. We work together in corporate America. Dave, I'm just I'm really curious how how I'm sure you've said this a million times to people, and you've had to I'm sure like you've said this story a lot. But how did Mortified start? So Mortified began because I found a love letter that I wrote when I was in high school. Um, I wrote it in high school. I found it in my twenties. And I wrote it on the back of a poetry magazine. Like there, my high school had a poetry magazine that I was just to show you how pretentious I was. I was one of the editors of that magazine. Um, I'm not called, surprised. And it was called Etchings. And um, I also worked on a on a poetry magazine in college too. But um, which one? I don't remember what it was called. But a zine. Yeah, it was a zine. And uh, no, sorry, it was a chapbook. What's the difference? I don't know. They're both Xeroxed. So, um, so we wound up um, found at Kinko's. 
yeah, I don't remember what it was called, but anyway, so we wound up um, doing, um, so I, anyway, so I, I wrote this love letter to a girl and I was, I never gave it to her. I chickened out. I wrote draft upon draft upon draft upon draft and David never gave it to this girl because I was just overthinking, which is a theme in my life. And then uh, years later, I found it as an adult and I was living in Los Angeles, where I still live, where I was trying to be a screenwriter at the time. And, you know, I was, I was sort of in a career lull and um, I found this letter and I started reading it and I shared it with my roommate at the time and they laughed and I shared it with another person. They laughed and I was like, you know, it would be fun to just get on stage one night and just rent a theater. How that can't be that expensive. And, you know, I'll charge some money, but like if I lose $200, then I lose $200 for the rental or whatever it was. And, um, and that'll be that. It'll be a one night experiment just for a sense of empowerment and achievement. Because when you live in a town like Los Angeles, where there are gatekeepers, and this is not just Los Angeles, this is everywhere. It's great to do something. And that's why podcasting is so wonderful that it's great to just do something where you are your own green light. Now you could have five listeners, you could have 500 listeners, you could have 5 million listeners. It doesn't totally matter in terms of like, it just feels good to do something that can get discovered. Um, and that is, I don't know, bigger than yourself. So I did that as a one night experiment and I never stopped. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's a phenomenal show. I, I really urge people to listen to the podcast because I, I imagine that, that that's going to hit the spot um, just as much yeah. as the live show. It's yeah. funny. And then it's, and then it, and then it's sweet. So it, we kind of, that's our chocolate and peanut butter combo. <laughs> the best combo. <laughs> yeah. I, I gotta say like after leaving that show, I, I really regretted never having a diary or anything, <laughs> never putting writing anything down uh, other than a list of my favorite comedians. That, that was my, <laughs> that was my thing when I was growing up. Wait, tell, tell me who those yeah, were. Like now, you well, know, it's, you it's have funny. to say it. Yeah. So I was, it was back when uh, I got my first word processor. So like, you know, somewhere in the early word 90s, processor. a word processor, right? <laughs> it's a big, huge thing. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to no, but By the way, that is such a specific moment in time <laughs> that it was post typewriter. It was not a computer, exactly. but it wasn't, there were no iPads yet. It was just somewhere in between. And all it did was, and it had like, yeah, it was, like it was a, so it was, futuristic. It was like a smart, it was like a somewhat smarter calculator for words. Right. And, and I loved it every day I would make my list. So like, I mean, I, and it was always female comedians too. Um, so I love like Margaret Cho, Ellen DeGeneres, um, a few people from SNL, like, uh, Ellen Clayhorn. And I just, every week, if I if I saw something funny they did, they would move up on the list or they would move <laughs> down on the list. Uh, I love that. <laughs> and that's, that's what I did. I wonder oh. what what would make someone move down on the list. Yeah, just someone I, bumping them out of place, probably. Maybe I mean, like Paula Poundstone was on there. <laughs> Back she's when she done did the nothing wrong. No, she's done nothing wrong. <laughs> the pop tart, yeah, the pop the pop tart routine is. Yeah. I think about that routine all the time when I when I think about finishing something. Like it was a whole routine about like how you can just eat a pop tart the entire box in one. <laughs> How you anyway it's too hard yeah. to explain but <laughs> i love that routine i love so but here's the thing you you dismissively said mm -hmm. um all i did was this so you use the okay. language all i did right and yeah. and of course you would think this, what i wrote was insignificant but what we do in mortified is we try to help you people find so I, this is why this is kind of a fun example that you just happen to bring up mm -hmm. um what's fun is like that actually reveals a lot about you. It reveals A, that you cared about comedy for whatever reason. Also, you are enough of a nerd, like you're enough of this anal retentive person that you wanted order and structure and yeah. you needed like rankings. So like, were you an organized person? Were you making lists of other things? Were you in competition? Were you into competition? I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is like dave i right? think you're gonna take my job i think you're an <laughs> sorry i'm sorry no 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 like you're an intuitive consultant for sure right? you should add that to your 
to but your it, repertoire. It's funny because I, I did make other lists and I was embarrassed to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like, okay, so when I was, I was very uh, musical when I was younger, so I wanted to, to create like a, a boy group, a boy band, um, like, you know, another bad creation, um, you know, boys and men or whatever. So I, I would... I had this whole like spreadsheet or whatever it was on the uh, word processor of, of like albums and songs, <laughs> just making stuff up. Didn't write anything other than the titles and the albums. And so it was just like, I don't know. That was my way of uh, just playing make-believe. Um, and I actually did a buddy in my, uh, of mine and I actually did create a, a boy band um, and we forced, cause he was a, he was a singer. I'm a, a okay singer. And we forced our friend who was a rapper to sing even though he did not sing at all Um, but uh but yeah born of excel born from microsoft excel what was the group (laughs) oh i don't remember um it it had a good name it it must have had a good name it did and there were nicknames actually that was like my second group my first group uh, i was really the only one that could sing in it and we would sing very loudly at the back of the bus on the way home from school your own songs no, boys the men, um, escape. Just just butchering it, butchering it. <laughs> but we thought we were so good. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, my my list did kind of uh they were used for something. You know, I had ideals, but uh yeah, that was my last boy group. <laughs> <laughs> so but but and so like these small things like become portals into into um like, well, I guess the, the reason I was diving into that because I wanted to show you this, Jen, was like the idea of like, just as you, I don't know if you read tea leaves, but like, I'm sure you <laughs> no. do something, but I'm sure you read something, right? That That is, right? Yeah. And you can do that with diaries and you can do that with lists of comedians. Like, you know, uh, just anybody can do that. And it's just yeah. pretty neat. Like just by asking a bunch of questions, we, if we spent like, 15 more minutes just asking like, why'd you write this? What else did you like? Mm-hmm. Like, how did you connect to this? How is that similar to you today? How is that different to you today? All of those things, you would start to see a pattern of like, oh, the kid who did that is the same Dupree or created the Dupree that I'm talking to. Like you would see yeah. the trail of breadcrumbs that lead to you now. And it's really profound every time. It's like, yeah. whoa. I mean, he can do a mean formula on Excel. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that's my specialty <laughs> sorry <laughs> i mean obviously this was the work that we were doing like so it's like it helped somehow right yeah <laughs> i mean i think it's i think it's funny also kind of like on the same level like the kinds of games you would play as a kid like i know that i played office like i actually took papers and was like gonna shuffle these gonna put them in a pile and then i grew like i grew up to do that in some way shape or form that's but, amazing and then and then while you were in the office you were imagining about doing probably what you're doing now which is it was probably, yeah well in my last office i i was already doing this not the podcast but the intuitive consulting um and i was very dead set on making sure i had a very feng shui office and people would come in and be like can i talk to you in <laughs> a session don't tell anybody that i'm into this stuff like everyone's in the spiritual closet so they're like people are gonna think i'm crazy but um my girlfriend's actually in uh, in an intuitive healing class right now. Really? Yeah, she's she's a scientist. No, a data, a data scientist who has this whole other life doing. You know, she just loves that world, and um, yeah. So that is something that's actually a lot of people in the spiritual community say science and spirit and spirituality are are starting to integrate. And, and basically all fields are gonna start to integrate because there's so many, because it, the when you said like, do I read tea leaves? I read energy. So energy, right. but you read it with your body. So you read it with your different sensibilities and everybody has a psychic sense. Everybody has some kind of mode of perception that they're using that is an extension of their physical senses. And we don't think about it. We don't like, 
because it sounds crazy and also religions and stuff what would they like where would they be if everyone else could like talk to god like if they could talk to god by themselves um and that's another reason why we get this crazy stigma attached to it but it is to really kind of steer people clear from becoming their own like sovereign human beings who actually mm -hmm. sense energy and actually can heal themselves and can actually um communicate telepathically i mean this is this is what we're really born to do so it's it's amazing i love that a, she's a data scientist first of all yeah. love it and i love that that she's moving into that or at least open to it enough to to oh, be yeah, educating herself on it that's so cool yeah she she re and she reads coffee grounds actually she does Turk turkish coffee grounds she's turkish um <sighs> So, so she's got that so, in her blood. Yeah, she's that's that's her. Yeah, so she's been in taking some Zoom Good classes. Good job, Dave. Score. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very lucky. Um, made Did a lot of bad decisions. Well, go ahead. For that. Oh well, you know you're learning. Yeah, you're learning. Now I wasn't going to say anything. I think that's really interesting with the the coffee grounds. Um, yeah. Wow. If she was that. here, I, if she was here, I would have her say hello. But well, yeah, um, um, yeah. So I, I you know, I, I find I, I agree. I think a lot of these. I do think the the way the world is moving is that we are trying to integrate more things, especially like in the medical world, where there's, you know, not looking at things as isolated problems, but that everything has a cause and effect. The problem is that this is just a headache to keep track of. It's like really hard to diagnose things and we want simple answers and, and all of that, but everything is interconnected and that's a cliche, but it's true. That's totally true. I, I, when my mom was first in the hospital, um, I was giving her Reiki and like all the nurses <laughs> would come into the room because they wanted to watch. And it was like, so ner I'm like, this isn't a performance, everybody. <laughs> like, this is really like literally just, I'm literally just like putting my hands on different spots. And, but they were all like, wow, that's fascinating. Hmm. It was so cool. I was like, yeah, you guys could learn how to do this. But I know that like certain hospitals and stuff are integrating or people are learning Reiki or they're learning like essential oils and stuff. I mean, I know that for me, uh, I definitely grew up in a family that did not believe in anything like this. My dad comes from from a different sort of background. I mean, he he grew up in Morocco. His grandmother was like a medicine woman who would like, I don't know, they had all these kind of weird witchy things that they would do. Um, but my mom's side of the family was just kind of like never accepting of this kind of thing. And it was just very crazy. So I was a skeptic for forever until I kind of got into my late thirties and I had like, you know, somewhat of a midlife crisis and just realized I wanted to be able to talk to them if they died. I wanted to be able to talk to my mom if she died. That was like what got me into this. And then the more mm -hmm. I kind of learned about it, I learned that I had had these abilities the whole time, but I wasn't recognizing them because they were all internal and they all showed up as my imagination, which really fucks you up <laughs> because like, if you're not careful, you're going to be, you're going to kind of go crazy. And I work with guidance. So I work with my spirit guides and, and I kind of say to them like, well, how do I know that I'm not crazy? And their answer is always like, you don't <laughs> like, you don't, you just, you got to keep checking on yourself. You got to make sure that you're not seeing things or hearing things you got to make sure that whatever's coming through is is real or true for you or true for whoever mm -hmm. you're reading for so it's it's it can be scary to learn how to trust that kind of thing um because you know like i'll get an image of something for somebody that i'm reading i'll get like a beach ball and i'm like i don't know why this is coming up but and in the beginning i i would just kind of dismiss it um, but it would come in and I've learned now just to like always say it. And then the person's always like, oh my God, like, that's so crazy that you just said that because yesterday I saw this beach ball and blah, 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 blah. But it always happens that way. And it's just, it's so funny. So I'm like, I guess I'm psychic. I don't even know. But yeah. every time it, ha every time, like I get it right. I'm so excited. I'm so surprised. <laughs> you don't know, like you literally can't know until you say it. 
Yeah. I guess and, this and shit this, works. Right? So, yeah. And, the, and I, on the opposite side, like, I actually grew up with, um, it was maybe a different version of, like, instead of Reiki, it was, like, laying of hands. Um, so, because my mom was, well, I just come from a very religious, spiritual family. Um, I mean, my dad's side was Jehovah's Witness. That's something else. But, sure. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, like, I, I grew up, and that was normal for me to, um, to hear about someone, you know, going to church and, and getting hands laid on them, having a disease or something removed from them or whatever it may be. So like when I met Jen and she was telling me her side of things, that's what I mean. Like her beliefs and my beliefs, like, okay, I, I got you. Like, I understand where you're coming from. It's, it's something, it's called something different, but I got it, you know? Yeah. We all got it. We all got it. <laughs> right? Who do people say you look like? That's my question. Who do people say I look like? Yeah. Nowadays, because my hair, I have salt and pepper hair and, and a mustache um, <laughs> for the past a little over a year. I dig it. Um, thank you. Um, I don't know. With the, with the I find that people, um, anybody who has salt and pepper hair gets told they look like somebody else with salt and pepper hair. So, you know, on a good day, <laughs> on a good day, you hope for Clooney. But... <laughs> But most days you get uh, American Idol's Taylor Hicks, or um, you don't even remember him. I don't even but know who that is. I, exactly. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask Dupree. You know. You get that. You He's know. The you get cultural reference guy. Yeah. So I don't know. You. It's 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 sort of um, it runs the gamut. But um, back in the day, so I don't really get told I look like somebody now. But back in the day, actually, when I knew you, Jen. Um, I used to I used to have very buzzed short black hair, and um, the singer Dave Matthews also had that kind of hair, and he was I don't know he's probably ten years older than me I don't know how old he is, but I, every once in a while I would get told I looked like him to the point where at some point, I was at I was at the Sundance Film Festival working as a journalist at the time, and it was a dark club and I was talking to somebody and I got introduced as Dave. And then the, the person did not care about me. And then whoever introduced me said, no, 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 Dave Matthews. And this is the year 2000 when I guess that would have been impressive. <laughs> and um, no offense to Dave Matthews. <laughs> and so the person suddenly completely changed their energy. So I just went along with the ride. And I was like, yeah, I'm Dave Matthews. And she's like, I just saw you in concert like a month ago. You're amazing. And I, I was like, I don't know anything about how Dave Matthews talks. I, all I know is that his voice cracks in the song Satellite. So I said like, well, I just, so I just like made my voice crack a little bit. And then she's like, what are you doing here at Sundance? And I said, well, I, I, um, I'm here to be a director and I really want to make a movie starring these new, these actresses. Have you heard of the Olsen twins? And she was like, of course. And I was like, I know they make a lot of like children's movies because they made all those like how the West was fun. Yeah. All those, like, <laughs> like movies for, for first graders. And I was like, I really, I think they've got a talent that no one realizes and that they're very indie and I'm going to be the guy. And so I, I made up a dumb movie on the spot starring the Olsen twins. And then I said, and I really want the music to be done, not by me, but by my heroes, who I'm sure you know are CNC. I think I referenced like CNC Music Factory or like Enya or just something that had nothing to do with him. And then she, she believed all of it. And at the end, and it's Sundance, so it's believable that I was him, I guess. And it's a dark club. So I guess maybe he's younger than I think. Um, anyway, and at the end, I said, look, if I'm ever in your city, She's like, could I come backstage or something? I was like, yes, come to. I was so mad at this person that she suddenly gave a crap about me because yeah. I'm this guy. And so I was like, yes, come to the back room. And I gave her like a ridiculous code word to say to, to security. I said, just say the phrase like upside down gorilla fart. Just <laughs> some, some gibberish. And she's like, really? And I said, yes, yeah, say it back to me. Great. Okay. <laughs> say it say back to me. So the next time, where do you live? Cleveland? Great. Next time he's in, I'm in Cleveland, say this phrase backstage and they'll know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, so, 
that was the most amazing thing in the world i encourage everybody to take it that far if you're like mistaken for somebody oh my god i mean yeah my yeah yeah oh my god that was my girlfriend had a really great story of being in new york um and she the the waiter said to her um don't don't i know you from somewhere and she said um I don't know. Do you? And kind of like winked in this way, like, you know that I'm famous. Like, even though she's not. <laughs> and like she got like a free meal. And they just not no, I think they she didn't get a free meal, but she they gave her like tons of stuff at that point. Like they just kept showering her with extra things f- from the chef. Oh my God. That's and, a really great thing to do. Like if someone is yeah, yeah. you just like maybe maybe don't you recognize me and i was like who do they think you look like because <laughs> i was like I, I couldn't we can't figure it out so hilarious. that's, that's anyway. hilarious <laughs> oh my god wait well dupree who who do people who have people thought that you look like well uh <laughs> So I used to work at Sony many years ago in HR there, and um, there's a, there was a producer, or maybe he's still with Sony, uh, Salim uh, Salam Remy. Uh, I was on the elevator, a, a guy just out of nowhere was like, you know, Salam. I was like, I'm looking at him like he's crazy. Um, he's like, hey, and I was like, no, I I'm I'm free. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, and I googled him years ago. I was like, oh. Does my father have another son? <laughs> really? Something? Cause yeah, because we kind of we kind of do look alike. Oh wow! I mean, he's he's older than me, but yeah, it really had me uh, questioning my past and my upbringing. So. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, You're like, I always got told that I was definitely the mailman's daughter because I'm the only person in the family with red hair. Did you but, ever see the movie Three Identical Strangers? No, but I I've heard of it. It's, it's, it's basically Dupree's story, except what if you found out I was related and there's two, you know, there's there's three of you. Right. (laughs) That's insane. I don't know, like who, well, I guess I have to watch the movie to figure out, but like, who does that? I was going to say, like, someone told me once at Dean and DeLuca's, they were like, you look like Chloe Sevigny mixed with Marge Simpson. Okay. Okay. And then I kind of was like, well, I feel like when I was writing that question, I was kind of like, I I feel like I'm Cameron from Ferris Bueller plus Kate Hudson plus Carrot Top rolled into one. I can see that. I don't get the Cameron part, but yes, you have some I feel obviously the carrot top and then and then Kate Hudson. (laughs) But there's lots of redheaded actresses you could have picked. Oh yeah, I mean, people have been like, "Oh, you're you're on, you're on Suddenly Susan." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Yeah, no." What, what's her name again? And I like her Kathy too. Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin. Yeah. yeah. How could you forget her name? I know. I. Ugh. So well, is she on your list? Was she on your list? Actually, she was. <laughs> so what? What was her ranking at the time? I know. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't remember any of the rankings. All I, I do remember saying, okay, I think okay, I have 10 people. I think I should stop now. So I stopped at 10. So maybe she was I love that you I made that rule though. for yourself. I lied, <laughs> I lied as a child. I was very into comic strips and I lied that I was into the rankings, which don't exist, of <laughs> the most popular comic strips, which is not a tabulated thing because how would you and so there's no data on that fascinating so i would be like yeah you know this week uh calvin and Hobbes is like number is number one it was like number seven last week so (laughs) really trending and the far the far side is going down and hagar the horrible is like keeping evie even at like eight love it so like do you um in, in terms of the you know the the spiritual stuff like what are your um, what are your hopes for where that um, culture and movement is going? I mean, right I, now, right now it's heavily in the spotlight. Yeah, 
and for the wrong reasons. Um, I think just like everything else, there's going to be a split. So there's going to be a shadowy side to it and there's going to be a lighter side to it. The lighter side to it, hopefully, is just a little bit more authentic. The problem is you're squeezing spirituality into the system of capitalistic patriarchy and like white dominated capitalistic patriarchy. So it's it's going to be affected by that. So you've got a lot of like spiritual coaches. And I always say like, I hate the word coach because like, I'm not training you to win a marathon. Mm -hmm. I don't like, I'm not like, okay, like you're gonna meditate for five more minutes. Like I'm not <laughs> like, that's not, I, I hate those, I hate that language around it. It's very sort of like sporty and like, let's, you know, this this marketing business coachy sort of aspect of it and not even i'm not even talking about the conspiracy theorist stuff like that stuff i'm just like oh, oh god i mean if people aren't discerning enough to figure that shit out then they're on their own they deserve it but i'm just saying like when it comes to the promotion of this and and everyone kind of entering the field it's like I, I don't know. As soon as I see emojis written in any description multiple times, it turns me off, if you know what I mean. It's like you're using this, this bro coach sports business language to describe something that's totally not that at all. Mm. But, the, but the other aspect to it is just that it's, it is a natural progression of humankind to become a more holistic being, a more whole being. And that includes integrating a sense of intuition or communication or, um, you know, sensitivity to energy into your own well-being. If people are healing through that stuff, I'm all for it. You know, even if, I mean, everyone kind of has to start somewhere. So on one hand, I, I do like that it's more out there, but I, on the other hand, it's also easier for people to get tripped up by inauthentic people or parasitic gurus who literally are just like, make a million dollars and only work like three days a week. It's like, if you're in the business of, if you're in the business of spirituality, you shouldn't be, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. because it's like, I'm not here to get rich. Like, I'm not here to come up with different revenue streams. I'm literally here to create stuff that I like to do and to talk because that's what I like to do. And if I can help people kind of unlock places through using psychic ability, where they've kind of been hiding from themselves, then that's what I want to do to help them heal. But um, I've also kind of hit, this is kind of like the first time. And I, I actually left a message for you, Dupree, like Reese, I don't know if you listened to it, but I, I've i actually decided like this week, I'm going to start a shamanic path. And that's completely not where I thought I would be going because it scared the shit out of me. Um, because that's about that's about soul retrieval. That's going into, that's like banging a drum, finding pieces of people's souls. It's also psychopomp. This is help ushering souls into the light and like that kind of stuff. And that's stuff that I've stayed away from because I'm kind of like, oh, love and light. Let's make sure we got our feelings. Like we know what we're feeling and all those things. But I realize I'm kind of getting to a point with my clients that I just like, I need to take it a little bit further. Um, because it feels all too light, like where this world is, like where the spiritual industry is. I mean, I, I, I call it the Deepak Oprah effect. It's like people are on that path. So it's like, you know, Oprah, Deepak Chopra, like that whole sort of like the spiritual like celebrities. Mm -hmm. And then there's your conspirituality people as well. Um, but just like anything else, it's a spectrum. It's going to be a spectrum just like any business, right? Sure. Or even like the medical field, you know, you've got really shady ones, you've got really good ones. And it's, and it's just going to be up to people to really discern that for themselves, unfortunately. I do agree that the, the, that um, it is a natural evolution for things to become more holistic, though. Um, like, it's one reason that, and just, and for things to get more integrated. So like, uh, you know, I discovered uh, like breath work, like changed my life seven years ago, something like that. Yeah. And um, love it. It's just, it's, and so I became, I started facilitating it and, and kind of merging it with what I do with storytelling, helping people tell stories. I realized, well, there's a real power in telling, helping people 
see their lives as narratives um, and helping them release things, um, you know, changing those narratives that they have about themselves um, and using sort of combining those two elements of my life has been really fun, the, sort of the spiritual. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if breathwork is necessarily spiritual. It doesn't have to be, but, but, the, but, the, but the element of something meditative like that with something um, that seems creative, like storytelling, uh, personal storytelling, and merging those two has been really exciting for me. If there's anybody out there that's not familiar with uh, breathwork, I'm, I'm not, this is actually my first time hearing about it. What, can you oh. talk more about that? Yeah, sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, breathwork uh, is a is sort of a generic catch-all term, um, and it can mean lots of different things. You know, uh, yoga, yogi people, yogis, and singers, and all different types of professions and, and um, categories of activity involve or use the term breathwork. Um, what I am referring to is a type of breathwork. Um, that is a three-part breath done totally through the mouth. Um, you, you lie down and it is an experience. I, it's a specific way of breathing uh, where the agenda, in my opinion, other people might have different opinions of this. The agenda, in my opinion, is to release something. And within about two minutes of doing this breath work, you will get high as fuck. You will, you will, you will, your brain will go to a, place that is much like when you're sleeping um it's like in that half dream state and you, and you might even pass out during it it's one reason why you're lying down because you can get dizzy and you do it for uh, about 30 minutes there's other versions of breath work uh, holotropic breath work where i think people do it for like hours that seems dangerous or or not fun <laughs> yeah. but um just unnecessary but but anyway the idea is just to release um by breathing in a systematic way um, into your mouth uh, by, you know, inflating your belly, then a little bit into your chest and then out, belly, chest, out, belly, mm. chest, out. And so um, your, your, your fingers will tingle. It's, it's, uh, you might, your jaw might get tight. You might think bad things are going to happen, but they don't. And it's really great for anybody with control issues. Um, it really just lets you surrender and just surrender to your body and tell your mind to go, like, go fuck off for a while <laughs> because, you know, um, and so for me with, who has a very, I have a very active brain who has lots of commentary about and criticisms of myself and all that stuff. It just sort of calms everything down. I don't, I'm not somebody who does a lot of drugs and certainly don't do a lot of hard drugs, but it does a lot of the things that people say they like about those drugs. Um, not party drugs, doesn't do any of those things, but like more of the um, spiritual drugs, I guess. And so people have uh, compared it a lot to ayahuasca minus the vomit. Okay. Minus the vomit. Oh, sign me up. I know. I was, <laughs> I was like, well, I was down before he said ayahuasca. <laughs> and what I do is a thing called narrative breathwork. You could look at it at narrativebreathwork.com. But I, I do a thing that I've kind of been developing. I shouldn't even say it's fully honed, but I've been playing with this idea of like helping people, asking people about their, to think of their lives as stories prior to the breath work. And then once the session begins, I kind of might bring up some of the story elements and sort of I'll plant little seeds in their brain and just get you thinking about yourself on a journey. And sometimes I'll literally do it where I'm like taking you on a journey. Like now imagine you're in a field and you're looking Tell me about an object, you, 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 something you really want. Now give it a totem. Like, let's say you, I really want to find a, a job that gives me fulfillment because of reasons X, Y, and Z. Okay, can you create an object? Create an object that, that makes you think of, of that thing you want. And then they, you can think about that object. And then maybe in the breathwork journey, we'll go on an adventure, an imaginary adventure to go find that. And because your brain's in and out of this lucid state, you'll sort of hear me in moments, but your brain will just sort of like make crazy links and leaps. And like, if I say like, and you're passing a tree, what's on that tree? There's a bird, but the bird's saying something. What is it? Your brain will fill that in. Yeah. And, and maybe I'll be quiet for like a good four minutes and your brain will just go to all these different interesting places. And so it always culminates with a scream 
um, which That's um, awesome. uh, which is and it just and it's just a way of, of, of really releasing. I tell people breathwork is great for tension relief. So if you're not a spiritual person, it's just it's just if nothing else, it's that. But very but lots of people see it as a thing that deals with like, I don't know, any kind of aspect of spirituality or, you know, past lives or who knows what. So, um, uh, and I, I use it as a sort of enhanced version of chilling. <laughs> I love it. I'm, really I definitely cool. want to experience that. Yeah. I want to too. I mean, like, yeah. I, I mean, we, it's, we it could do a session like a, on zoom, although well, I, I would love to. I can't now, but I could yeah, I know. But like it's it sounds like a shamanic journey like that you're taking it, them on. It is, and a lot of it really hinges on music. Um, I have a very specific type of playlist that I like to use. That I think that's the one part that makes it hard to do it on Zoom. Honestly, mm. is like I want my playlist, and not you know you. I don't. I play aggressive music with it, like not like metal, but like beat driven <laughs> things that have a rhythm that like that you're that you can breathe to the beat too i mean I that's what a shaman does dave they beat a drum right I, that's oh i didn't even think about that yeah so i will do that as opposed to ethereal um you know ohms and all of that yeah. kind of stuff i like things that have um a rhythm because because music is is i think 50 percent of breath work um you could i'd be i'd totally be happy to do a session with you it'd be fun um yeah but we'd have to figure it out. But, I mean, um, I think you can actually play your music through Zoom so that everyone hears what you're listening to. I think you're right. I think there's a way uh, to do it. I was going to do a thing for New Year's this year where it was just like a big fun event where it was like, I'll invite a handful of friends and say, I know you're not doing anything for New Year's it's the <laughs> pandemic. So if this sounds fun to you, I just want to give you a way of like starting your year by, it, by like, an activity that helps you clear your brain, get out of your own way and just release whatever frustrations that you didn't even know you had. Um, very often though, people will be visited. This is where the spiritual stuff comes in. Like yeah. memories come back and you know, you might hear a voice from your grandma or your, your dead mom, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and whether that's an actual spirit or whether that's just your brain being clever, that's up to you to determine. That's not for me, but to determine, but um, yeah. it's a, re it's a really powerful experience. Yeah. That is so freaking cool, Dave. I'm yeah. like, I'm seriously, I mean, you mentioned it and I looked at the website, but like, it's really, yeah, this is. Oh, sorry. For some reason, I just, I, I thought, um, yeah, I should have explained that before. Um, in terms oh. of, in, ter in terms of what that world is, yeah, because I have a hard time as a as a as a guy with what's it called monkey mind when your when your brain is just lizard like brain two, or lizard. Oh, brain. oh, I I know your what you brain. mean. It's frazzled. Yeah, like your brain is just like a, like an animal that just like just like fidgety, like you're a squirrel or something so like that. One of the things that I'm starting to see for people when I work with them is how their brains work. It's like a weird picture that I get. And I think anyone can do this. And when I see your brain, so some people, it's like a spiral. So it's like something starts and then it blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Other people, it's like it branches, branches like that. What and then I? for you, I feel like it just, it's like, it's almost like fireworks, but like, boom, this one goes off. And then like, boom, this one goes that's, off. That's right. Like, yeah. yeah. I feel like my brain works like a web page where you're like deep click, <laughs> you go down a rabbit hole and it just keeps clicking on something. <laughs> or like the pop-ups like yeah. back in the nineties. Yes. I'm a, basically I'm on a porn Danger. site yeah. <laughs> from the nineties. <90s. laughs> <laughs> my brain is a porn site from the 90s that's um, in our, on our notes of this podcast but yeah but what was the point that i wanted to make oh like oh, I, I have a hard time with traditional meditation like just sitting there uh, um and doing what i i think is much harder work um it's something i struggle with everyone struggles with it but i i just really do and so i've found breathwork to be a type of meditation that is easier for somebody like me because it's an active meditation. Yeah, there's yeah. um there's a really interesting talk by um, Krishnamurti 
the Indian writer um, where he talks about meditation and how the West has like completely been fooled by what meditation should be. And, um, and that, you know, we have all these rules about like, we have to be still, we have to kind uh -huh. of quiet our mind. But he said, meditation has nothing to do with that. You know, we, we all have this. And again, that comes from the society that we're raised in where we have to be like, oh, in order to do this and get here, I have to do this, 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 and this. Um, did I do it? Did I, am I enlightened? You know, and it just comes from that mentality, but that meditation can be walking in nature because you can't clear your mind. It's just yeah. not really possible. It's not really the intention of meditation. It's your mind can empty itself when you focus on something in nature. So if you're walking yep. and then you see a bird and you focus in on the bird and you observe the bird, then your mind is clear because you're in that sort of space. And, and I guess to me, meditation really is just getting into that flow because everything is really kind of coming in from here. So when you're in that flow, um, it's, it's, it's like just casting a line into a river and then you, you jump in. I, I mean, when I, I guess when I go into a state of connection, I get always get very nervous before, like, am I going to be able to read? Am I going to be able to tap into this person? Um, and what I've noticed is that it's because it's not coming from that thought it's coming from here. So I have to kind of relax here, here into, being, a here being into my heart. heart. Yes. Th thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm an audio producer. <laughs> thank you. My audio. Can you be our audio producer? Um, so like, yeah, I, I mean, I, but I also realize like I have to, um, I just have to go into that space and just, I literally just say to myself, just trust, just trust. You'll, you'll catch on to it. You'll, your kite will catch the wind when it's there. And then it's not a matter of thinking it or, and it's not a matter of like doing it that way. It's just, for me, I, I just, I feel that it's really hard to describe it. I just, I feel the space around me shift. Um, ears can pop, that kind of thing can happen. Um, and then I can, sometimes I can feel stuff, beings, whatever. Sometimes it feels like they're right here. Um, and was, and it is, it's just being in that state, you know, and we all the, can access that. I'm so sorry. I keep interrupting. No, no, go ahead. Um, what was the kite phrase you said? Waiting for the kite to like catch wind. I love that phrase. It's like, thank you. I just came up with it myself but again, <laughs> or, or it's like throwing a line into the, into a river, you know, you're just, you're, because it's they're both flowing wind wind will blow and water will flow wait let me just continue here <laughs> i really do you know a guy named joe <laughs> <I do. laughs> no <laughs> so well <laughs> mom jokes all the way this is the best oh my god well we've we're well all over right. an hour all right. But this, I, I would love to have you back on the show, Dave, if you're open. Yeah, sure. It would be fun to do, uh, to, to try to do some kind of session. I know. Yeah. Well, we can do a session anyway. Oh, oh that's true. Like, yeah. I, I definitely yeah, would love to do, we could do a session that's like not televised. <laughs> um, Sound devised. Dupree keeps keeps opening his mouth, but I know. I'm he sorry. Is, he's he is so far used more. To me. He's far more polite than I am. I'm like, <laughs> I'm oh no no no! I'm just going to say, Dave has been. It's great to meet you, and I definitely <laughs> do want to have that, that breathing experience. Like that just sounds awesome. Oh, we should um, do that. But yeah, I look forward to that. Uh, yeah. It would be. It would, and I might. I actually might hit you up because. Um, uh, what you were saying about lists, we've been talking about making a Mortified podcast episode that where the thing you were saying, you might be a good person for me to interview uh, for like a small segment, if you were ever interested. Yes, no, definitely. Uh, but we'll <laughs> yes. see, we'll see. Okay, <laughs> just let me know. I'm definitely interested. Yeah. Yeah. Making awesome. connection. Look at, look at right? what Jen Bobo now Jen Y is doing. <laughs> Jennifer Wise. I know. Actually, no, is that I, how, I don't even know how to pronounce it's, your, it's your married way. last name. It's way. It's okay. I just realized. That. <laughs> Excuse me. That's okay. I've never had to say it or hear it out loud. I'm <laughs> always reading it. 
I mean, but this is the first time you've, because the last time I literally saw you in person, it was still Jen Bebeau. And you were, but yeah. you were with your now husband, I believe. I was. We were on our road trip. Um, yeah, we were driving around the country looking for a place to live, and we fucking came right back <laughs> to New Jersey, no less. It was so great. Yeah. Thank you so much for for inviting Dave, me. Dave, thank, thank you, you so so much. This was awesome. It was so great catching up with you, and uh, yeah, we're gonna bring you on another time soon. Yeah. So, how can people find you? Just leave your. Uh, I'm stalkable at Instagram, I guess, Dave Nadelberg. But um, <laughs> I'm on Twitter, but I'm never on it, so don't use that. Uh, but if you're interested <laughs> in, if you're interested in Mortified, you can find Mortified Show at Instagram at Mortified Show. Um, but really, subscribe to the Mortified podcast. Or if you're a parent and you're looking for ways to entertain and educate your kids without uh, putting them in front of a screen again. I do make a podcast for ages nine to 13 year olds called Ooh, You're in Trouble. And it's, I'm so proud of it. And it's made by the, funded by the people who make Sesame Street, but it's for nine to 13 year olds. And it's all about kids getting into mischief, true stories of kids getting into mischief and what you can learn about it so that your kids can be smarter when the parents aren't around and they eventually <laughs> have to make their own decisions. It's really I love fun. it. It's awesome. My kids love it. Thank you so much, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Really appreciate you. you. All right. Have a great day. All right. You too. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Um... Again, David Nadelberg. You can find him on Instagram at Dave Nadelberg. Um, You can also find more about The Mortified Show at Mortified Show on Instagram. Um, You can also check out one of his other podcasts. Man, he does so much. Um, And it's at Listen to Trouble. Um, He's also created a game. It's also on Amazon called I Can't Believe I Did That. And he is the founder of Narrative Breathwork, which can be found at narrativebreathwork.com. Um, again, I really urge you to <laughs> look at one of his content offerings, at least. Um, it's just hysterical. And like he said, it's poignant, it's meaningful. Um, and I know that anyone who watches it or participates in his shows really gets a lot from it. Um, it's got a lot of, uh, it's just, it just has great impact. And it's obviously very brainy, but it also hits the heart. Um, So I'm really honored that Dave came by and spoke with us. He's a busy guy. Um, And, you know, I hope that you can think of him as a nice inspiration for yourself as well. Thanks again. Catch you next week.